Hello and welcome to episode 4, I think, of Having a Yak. Uh, we're actually filming this on Easter weekend, so it'll be a, an entire week before you hear this. But we're doing this for a couple reasons, because uh, this weekend we also need to film the hockey version of this podcast, which we'll release this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and next weekend, we didn't want uh, ha- we didn't want to have to film another podcast, because it's going to be the end of the season. There's going to be lots of hockey to talk about, lots of recap videos on teams and preview videos for the playoffs. It's going to be a very busy hockey weekend. That's so, right. Uh, we thought we'd film Having a Yak this weekend and uh, answer some of your questions. And for those of you who are new, this is our bi-weekly podcast where we uh, answer your questions, your submitted questions. Some of them are sports-related. Some of them are, most of them are life-related. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some comedy in there, I guess. <laughs> uh, and uh, we we basically just spend an hour talking. So if you're okay with, with me starting, I'll... I'll just jump right into this and, and sure. ask you the first question. Go right ahead. So we've kind of discussed this previously in a way, but the mm-hmm. question is, if you could go back in time, when w- when would it be and why? Now, the previous question was, if you could go back to any war, I think, yeah. and fight war. If I could fight in any war, yeah. what war would it be or something? So if you could just generally travel back in time, when would it be and why? I don't <laughs> think I'd want to go back very far. I think I'd be happy with the 1950s. So let's say born in the maybe late 19, mid to late 1930s and then coming of age in the early to mid 1950s mm. and then living as an adult, uh, still a fairly young man through the 60s and into the 70s. I think that would be an, an, an interesting time. I remember a lot of that anyway as a kid, but I'd like to see it through an adult's eyes a little better. Uh, it's an era I'm quite happy with and uh, frankly now, now that I've got technology that supports my life, uh, listening to podcasts and things like that, I think I could probably still find ways to amuse myself in the 50s mm-hmm. and maybe the 60s, but if we go back too much farther than that, I think I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what I would do uh, to inform myself. I've become so dependent on the internet and mm-hmm. some other things, and I know we didn't have an internet in the 50s, I know that. But at least, uh, you know, there were regular newspapers and uh, good content on radio, TV, not so much. Mm. So I think I could last and survive that. But I'm quite content with the era that I'm living in now. So mm. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I would probably choose, like, if I wanted to see, if I really wanted to see some interesting stuff, I would pick the specific time that some of these uh, groups of people decided to worship aliens like because they used to like draw stuff on that on their caves and stuff that look like aliens and then ask lines and all this stuff i'd like to go back to the moment where they decided like i want to know what actually happened did they see something did they whatever but if i could just go back and see that that'd be cool but if i could go back and like spend a week or a couple weeks or live or whatever it would probably be if i could turn the age of 20 around early 90s basically so if I could be start my adulthood into the 90s just because there's such a technology boom then I have thought in the several times in the past and if someone wants to steal this idea I guess there's nothing I can do about it because I'm about to disclose it on the air but I thought a very interesting if no one else has already done this uh, uh, economic development idea would be a time themed hotel oh that would be awesome so you check in Everything's modern on the ground floor. You do your check-in, credit card, ATM, all that stuff. But then each floor is a decade. 
And if you want to go to the seventh floor, so that, let's say that's the 1970s, mm-hmm. or that you know the fifth floor would be the 1950s. And when you get into your room, the decor, the available television is going to be a television from the 50s showing shows from mm-hmm. the 50s. And the newspaper that lands on your in front of your hotel room door in the morning is from 19 whatever. Just pick, you know, they they'd have to do it right. Mm-hmm. I think it would be. A great idea. That's an amazing idea. People could travel through time and experience at least a few days of living in that era by, you know, you're you're surrounded by it. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. That's a very cool idea. All right. I could see something like that in Vegas, maybe. I think that's the place for it. Yeah. Vegas or maybe Disney or someplace that has the ability to create fantasy like that. Mm, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a a good good answer there. All right. Um, Next. What is your favorite year of all your life? Mm, boy. You have a lot more years to choose from than me. <laughs> or maybe a, a, I'll make it a little easier, like a collection of one to three years. Well, at the time I was living these years, I didn't see myself as a very content or happy person. But the 1975 to 78 period uh, was fantastic high school uh, high school the you know the last little bits of high school there's some really cool stanley cups being won by a very good hockey team yeah. back then great music uh, the music was unbelievable and that era i'd like to make more of that time mm. as it was when you're 16 17 18 years old you're living in the moment and you really don't realize how important those years are going to be when you look back on them later so i think i would have made much better use of my time if i'd had more insight Mm. So to to go back into that era, or or not to go back, but to uh, further develop my reminiscences of that era would be uh, helpful to me. Mm. Good answer. All right. Mine would be um, probably a collection of years, a little bit kind of like you, I guess. It would be probably from mm, 2012 to 2014, mm-hmm. and that's and not for a social reason, but for a, a travel reason. I in that period of time, I went to. New York City. I went to Florida. Went on a cruise. Went on another cruise. Um, I went back to New York City. Uh, I went to Los Angeles. I went back to Florida. So I just I did a lot of traveling in that mm-hmm. kind of two and a half year period. So uh, strictly based on travel experiences, I would choose that that as my favorite time of my life. I guess so far. So far. So far. Yeah. That's the important part. Yeah. So far, and I plan to do lots more traveling. That's as well, right. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Another question down. Um, do you think a guy dating a girl that's taller than him is weird? And second part, who do you think would have the? Who do you think is more likely to have the problem with it, the girl or the guy? Oh, that's interesting. I uh, I don't think it's weird. First off, it's definitely not weird, and I think well it depends. I've never been a short person, so. I guess it's not something I've worried about. I'm close to six feet tall, and almost every girl mm. in my environment and growing up was always shorter than me. I'm trying so. to think if we know anyone who's uh, dating that's in the, where the guy is shorter than the the girl. Well, well, I know some married couples and people that yeah, I know that's what from work. Oh, yeah. But Won't talk about them, but... Uh, no, no, not named yeah. specifically, but... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think... Um, now, I, I, I have to be careful here. <laughs> well, people develop coping mechanisms to overcome their challenges. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, 
and I don't actually find this with anyone that I know who's particularly short. The, the people I know who are short are lovely people, and uh, they've handled life extremely well in my view. But I remember growing up, there were people that had uh, maybe difficulty dealing with the fact that they weren't growing as fast as everybody else or something, and, and they developed personality coping mechanisms for that. They really? Were, they were a little more aggressive personality-wise. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. And I think that, that might make things weird or, or difficult for them later on. They've all been successful, though. It's just mm -hmm. a phase. It's something you grow through. Uh, everybody has what they've got. and Yeah, it's not like you can get taller because you want to or get... Not really. There are some ways that, you know, medical surgery can fix some things, <clears throat> pin your ears back or uh, <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> if you've got big floppy ears or something yeah. like that. But when it comes to height, something really structural in your body, mm. there's not much you can do about no. that. So you just have to learn to live with it or not live with it. Yeah. And uh, most people, thankfully, learn to live with it. Uh, who would have the biggest pro problem with it? So I don't know. Hypothetically, if you were dating a girl who was taller than you, mm -hmm. would do you think you would have a problem with that? Or do you think she would have more of a problem with that? I think, I don't think I would have a problem, but I don't think she would either. Because I think, and, and I could be totally off base because I'm a guy. I can't mm -hmm. know what gals think, but uh, from what I think I know, from what I've read, uh, women are less focused on the physical and more focused on the other more spiritual and personality-based mm. qualities of other people. We've talked about this before a little bit. We did. So I'm guessing that that might extend into a stature issue. Mm. Maybe they don't have a problem. If they like, if they genuinely like or love their partner, I think that overcomes other things. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And this reminds me of the question that was asked in uh, the Twitter AMA that we did. It was, what podcast would you start if you could? Mm -hmm. And you chose a relationship podcast. I did. So this is, this, this is a question that would be in your relationship podcast. I guess it might be. And, and I don't pretend for a minute that I'm qualified to, to do a relationship podcast. You just like to talk about it. I just like to talk about it. I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I've had uh, a very stable and long uh, monogamous life, and uh, I'm very happy with my life. So I don't have experiences that I can relate to people's problems at all. Mm -hmm. So it, it really is counterintuitive that I would have any anything to bring to the <laughs> Ex table expert there. Expert knowledge, yeah. I have none, absolutely none, but I think I still like to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy. Uh, all right, next question. What is the most angry you've ever been in your life? Well, about an hour and a half ago, I broke a thumbnail, and it was in tremendous pain. So that's the most recent that's memory most of being recent. angry. Um I'm, I'm, I'll have to think about that. Yeah. Maybe you should tell me your time, because I'm thinking. Um, I think mine was in the story I've already told where I was playing hockey, and I was in front of the net, and I got slashed in the back of the legs and then decided to retaliate and absolutely destroy that kid against the boards a couple minutes or a couple seconds later down the ice. But I was, I was so angry because I didn't do anything. Like, I was in front of the net. I didn't, like, I wasn't roughing him up before. I didn't take the puck from him. I didn't make him look foolish with a with a skilled play or anything like that. He just randomly two-handed me in the back of the legs for no reason. Mm. And I was like, that's it. He's done. Yeah. He's going to get it. <laughs> and he got it. I was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't remember any time when I've been very angry. Like, I've always had flashes and mm -hmm. of, of anger when... You know, you stub your toe kind of anger. You're angry probably at yourself for being clumsy, mm -hmm. in my case. Uh, I don't really 
recall specific incidents where, uh, where I've flashed with anger. Now, I've been angry about circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked the other week about me not being moved up a grade when I changed from an 11 grade province to a 12 grade province and thought I should have been moved up a grade. And yeah. I was extremely angry about that, but it was a slow burn kind of anger, yeah, I'm, not a... I'm thinking of the time that we were camping and there were people driving fast in the campground quite late at night. Mm-hmm. I remember you being quite angry about that. Oh yeah, well, that, that's just standard, uh, yeah. standard regular everyday anger for me. And road rage. I, <laughs> road rage, yeah. I have a very, I'll credit my mother with this mostly, I have a very acute sense of justice. Mm. I, I follow the law and I expect other people to follow the law. I use my blinkers and I do all the things I think I should do right when I'm driving, for instance. And there are so many examples of people who don't care enough to do it right. Yep, definitely. And it bothers me. It bothers me that police cars do it as much yes. as everybody oh my else. God, yeah. Police cars running red lights, stop signs, not using their signal lights. On their phone while they're driving. On their phone while they're driving. And there may be operational reasons for that. So I'm, I cut them a bit of slack in that department. But when it comes to just driving around, if they have their lights and siren on and they're going somewhere yeah. important, sure. Run red lights, do your thing. But there's even a proper way to run a red light. I've done it driving an ambulance and a fire truck. Mm. I know how that happens and, and how you're supposed to do it safely. But they just, well, I'm a cop. I can break the law if I want to. And that just drives me crazy. Yeah, definitely. And and again, that's not an anger thing. I'm very disappointed in in a lot of aspects of people's behavior in society. Mm. So, definitely. Uh, yeah. Mm. Next question. Uh, this is directed towards me, but I guess you can kind of answer it. Neil, how did you get your name? Okay. I was named after a couple of people, I think, but one of the main ones was Neil Armstrong because mm-hmm. you're a big, bit of a NASA space geek. Big NASA fan. Yeah. So. Neil Young. Oh, yeah, Neil Young. Yeah. Neil Young, the uh, famous folk singer, <coughs> part of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young for a while. Also, I had a guy in my street when I was growing up in Montreal, and his first name was Neil. And he was a really nice guy and everybody liked him. And I, and I thought that might be a bit of a reflection on his name. You know, it's a, uh, I just thought he was a, a really cool guy, a nice guy, not, uh, you know, not in trouble ever, uh, really nice family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really just thought he was a decent dude. And I thought, well, if I could raise a son that was as decent a dude as, as, as that Neil, then I'd be happy. So that's another reason. I just, I like the name. Do you think I'm a nice guy? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> no, I do. I think you're a very nice guy. Um, you here. This is a question for you. You might not want to answer it, and if you don't want to, that's okay. What did you do in politics, and with what party? Hmm. Um, I'll partially answer it. Uh, if anyone really wants to know, they can Google it. Because unfortunately, I'm on Google, hmm. and I'm a, I'm a Wikipedia topic. You are. I am. So I, I won't get into it on this, but. Uh, I got a tweet today from a former co-worker of mine. Apparently, uh, the Fredericton newspaper called the Daily Gleaner. Every Saturday, on the inside of page two at the top, they put a historic page from a previous issue of the paper. Mm-hmm. That's me today. Oh, really? Yeah. 25 years ago, I was in a debate in the New Brunswick legislature. And the debate was covered, and my picture and some of my uh, arguments in the debate were featured on the uh, inside of page two of the Daily Gleaner today and 25 years ago today. Interesting. So, <clears throat> yeah. Did you win? The debate? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Well, I, I think I won morally yeah. uh, at the time, and it was a debate about, uh, it was a civil rights issue, and it was about uh, 
same-sex marriage okay. and, and what it meant back then. And we've got to go back now to the 1990s. Things weren't then as they are now. Mm. And I can quite uh, easily say that I, would, I don't take the same view now as I did back then. So mm. that's why I'm a little bit reluctant. I don't want people to go back and look at that and think that's me. It's not me, mm. not me today. But there were some points that, that I raised, and there's things I still have concerns about because one thing that I think bothers me about politicians these days is they're so quick to try to please who they think are the majority right? Yeah, that definitely. they will bring things into law before they've thought them out yep. as to what it means in the farthest application of that. I'm a, I'd say a small C conservative type person, and what that means politically is you don't want to go too fast with any reforms. You're not saying reform is bad, but... What's the hurry? What's the rush? Let's take our time. Let's think about this and think about all the, the, uh, the dominoes that might fall when we kick this first one over. Mm. So that, that was the approach I took, and I was defending that approach back at that time. If we're going to do it, we should do it right. Mm. That's right. And I think for the, for the most part, uh, this, is, you know, this is an evolution that's happened in different jurisdictions in North America at different times. There were a few states in the U.S. that, that opened the door to civil unions, and that was... My big issue back at the time was uh, we didn't invent the word marriage. It's not our word to use and to redefine as we wish. Mm. Uh, the word marriage is to many people a, a, almost a religious covenant type contract, and it's it means more than just you know living together. <clears throat> yeah, pardon me. Yeah, you're right with that. And I was even then I was all in favor of if if two people are. Uh, are taken with each other and they want to live together forever and we should create something for that. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't sure what word we should use for it. That's all. But yeah. if they want to use marriage, like back then I wasn't cool about it. Uh, today I'm, I don't care anymore. It's, I'm fine with it. It's kind of like marijuana in a way. <clears throat> There's certain points or parts of North America that have legalized it mm -hmm. at different times and some parts where it's still not legal at all. So. Yeah. And of course Canada is going <laughs> nationwide into a legalization of recreational use of marijuana later this year. Mm. And that's one of those things that I'm not quite comfortable with the speed at which it's happening. We don't, we talked about this before, but we there's did. so many yeah. things that we don't know as far as regulations and mm -hmm. driving and all that stuff. And we don't have to talk about it again, but there's... Yeah. yeah. And just other things that you don't think about. For instance, now in a two months or so, I plan to be on my way to Ohio and I'm going to be crossing the border into the United States into a state that does not have legalized recreational marijuana. Mm. I'm likely going to be asked questions at the border because I'm a Canadian, and I might even be asked my opinion. Not so much what I have in my bag, but what I think about things. They mm. have the right to ask me those questions, and I don't, I don't deny that they should have the right to ask me those questions because they're being good enough to let me into their country. They have every right to know what my opinions are and how good a visitor I'm going to be. And if Canada, when Canada adopts this wholesale cross-country uh, marijuana recreational use law, everybody who crosses the border into the United States will likely uh, be exposed to the question, do you use? Mm. Do you have any with you? And, and that just opens up a whole Pandora's box because you might be admitting to doing something in Canada that's perfectly legal, right. but it's not legal where you're going. And if you admit to doing something, or you're, if you tell the truth and you are doing it, you actually may be denied entry into the United States on that basis because it's a crime down there. Right. And I think that puts a lot of people in jeopardy when they travel. It won't put me in jeopardy because I have absolutely no intent of using mm. or being exposed to recreational marijuana when it is legalized. It's not going to affect me. Right. But it is going to expose me to those darn questions. And uh, I'm uncomfortable yeah, with, def uh, definitely. with that. And 
And I blame my my government for running too quickly into this. Now, in the states, you've got Colorado, you've got Washington State, right. you've got a few other places that do have legalized marijuana. So they're they're slowly rolling it in or rolling it up <laughs> uh, down there, and maybe those things will change, and eventually it won't be an issue at all. But right now, it bothers me that uh, that we're moving way too fast, or or we could be moving way too fast compared to our neighbors. It feels like we're moving too fast because there's we don't know. We don't so much know. Stuff, so. That's right. Next question. Uh, where did you both go to college or university? And I, we, I guess we kind of spoke about this mm-hmm. a little bit, but we didn't specifically say where we went. I went to New Brunswick Community College in, from 2004 to 2006, and then I went to Center of Arts and Technology in Fredericton for uh, a year in 2009. Mm-hmm. And now that's called Da Vinci College or something like that. Oh, is that right? And... Uh, I think you just went to university? I went to the University of New Brunswick in right. Fredericton, yeah. They have a campus in Fredericton, their larger campus. There's also one in St. John. I went to the Fredericton one. I started there in the fall of 78. I think there's one in Bathurst too, isn't there? Or Moncton? In UNB? I don't believe so. Oh. Yeah. They do have some cooperative, or not cooperative, they, they have some arrangements <coughs> made with Community College now where you can take some UNB courses in Miramichi, for instance, and other places, probably like Bathurst <coughs> and Moncton. Uh, but maybe only the first two years before you graduate, you need to get into Fredericton and take normal mm. classes. But, yeah. All right. This next question is your challenge is not to laugh. Okay. It's, That's usually hard for me to not laugh. It's, it's, I find almost everything funny. <laughs> I want you to take this seriously. All right. If you were to fart in a mitten, how long do you think it would take for the fart to evacuate the mitten 100%? Can you squeeze the mitten? You, no, you just have to let it, you have to hang it. You have to hang it. I think part of the remnants will remain in the mitten for hours and hours. Oh, for hours. Oh, yeah, no question. So if you went back and took a whiff mm-hmm. up close of the inside of the mitten, you would still experience at least partially. I have no question, no doubt in my mind that I would. Really? Well, you know the purpose of a mitten. <clears throat> the purpose of a mitten is to restrict airflow. That's the, That's why it exists, and that's how it works. A mitten keeps the cold air from getting in towards your fingers or your hands, mm-hmm. and it keeps the warm air from getting out too quickly. Now, it does breathe a bit because you can breathe through a mitten if you had to. I guess it depends on the kind of mitten. I'm thinking more of a like a knitted mitten. A knitted mitten, yeah. And I think without something to push the air in and out of that mitten, if it's just hanging there, uh, I do believe that the, the remnants of the, the fart contents would, re- would stay in the mitten on, and only slowly leach out and probably be there for several hours. Hmm. I think I disagree. I think it would evacuate over like a 20-minute period or something. I think if you went back a couple hours later, there would be no uh, proof of any fart in the mitten. Is that right? Yeah. Well? Uh, any scientists out there who want to do that experiment, let us know. Yeah. I, we, we can all do the experiment at home, I suppose. True. Uh, let me know how you make out with that. I don't plan to do it myself. <laughs> How do we do in the not laughing part? No, pretty good. Yeah, All right, pretty good. Uh, here's a question for you that I'm going to try and guess your answer before you answer, if that's okay. Sure. What's your favorite snack? So you can think about it for a couple seconds. I think that your favorite snack is peanuts. Salted peanuts. Well... It, the question is loosely defined. 
my favorite snack. So a snack, we're talking not a dessert, not a side, something you would have between meals. A chocolate bar, um, M&M, Skittles, chips, Mm -hmm. bugles, something like that. Bugles. Oh, I love bugles. (laughs) Uh, I, I think your guess is as good as my answer was going to be, especially lately. Peanuts have a lower glycemic index. So if you're someone who's careful about their blood sugar or tries to be a little bit, peanuts is a better snack to have than uh, a handful of chips or right. or something. But uh, yeah, I do like peanuts. I like dry roasted peanuts. Uh, I'm Salt is not supposed to be good for us because it makes us uh, retain water and increases our blood pressure. But uh, I do like salt. Mm. And, and the salt I'm going to get off of a handful of peanuts is not probably not going to kill me. Yeah, that's right. So bring the salt on. Do you like unsalted peanuts? Uh, less less so, but I, I'll be, if they're roasted, if there's something done with them, if they're roasted or barbecued right. or something, yeah. or barbecue flavoring on them, I, I can handle that. And I agree salt, with that. Salt's less important. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Do you like Stomp and Tom Connors? I do. What's your favorite song by Stomp and Tom Connors? Oh, man. Um, answer carefully. Really? Why should I answer carefully? Well, doesn't he sing the hockey song? Well, he does sing the hockey song, and it's not my favorite. It's definitely not my favorite. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, I like the Gumboot Cloggeroo. That's an intense name for a song. Never heard of it. Yeah, I, I like that. I I like Bud the Spud, of course. Um, there oh, are, that's a good one. Uh, Bud the Spud's a, a great one. song. Yeah. Stomp and Tom uh, is it's actually, if, if, I, if I understand it correctly, I'm starting to stutter now. He was born in St. John and spent the first formative months or maybe even early years of his life in St. John, New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. But then he was op- adopted or fostered to a family and grew up in Skinner's Pond, PEI, which is up right. west. So he's always identified with PEI ever since. I uh, never met Stompin' Tom, but I did help set up for a to- Stompin' Tom concert. Really? I did. I did. I was uh, visiting with my relatives in Petticodiac, New Brunswick. Yeah. My, uh, my Aunt Marion and Uncle Stan lived there, and their three boys and their one daughter. And the oldest of the boys, Bart, was my age, uh, still is, and uh, we were really <laughs> good buddies. Uh, Bart's uh, still around. He's up in Mistassini, Quebec, of all places. But uh, we were hanging out one weekend in Petticodiac, and he was about to do a concert that night at the local arena, the hockey arena in Petticodiac. <clears throat> Pardon me. So... I was asked if I would help volunteer along with all the others to put chairs out for the assembled crowd. And I dutifully went to the Petticodiac Arena for a couple of hours and put out hundreds and hundreds of metal chairs that were trucked in from the local church basement or whatever for the big Stomp and Tom concert. Well, look at you. That's cool. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty good. I, I used to say that I was a roadie for Stomp and Tom based on that, but uh, <laughs> I don't think putting out chairs qualifies as a roadie. No, I don't think so either. But I do like Stomp and Tom. In fact, I used to say that if I was ever driving down the highway in the summertime with my windows down and I had a single vehicle rollover type accident and I was thrown from the vehicle and crunched my head on a tree and, and deceased myself at, the, at that moment, they would look at all the s- scattered assorted cassette tapes and they would instantly think that there were two cars involved because there's no way one guy in one car could have Led Zeppelin and Stompin' Tom, but <laughs> yeah. I did. I, just, I actually had Stompin' Tom music and I played it and I loved it. I remember going on a camping trip with uh, you and mom, I think to Ontario. Mm-hmm. And I remember listening to 
Alanis Morissette's cassette and Stompin' Tom Connors' cassette. There you go. Like back to back, back to back, just the whole way there and the whole way back. <laughs> um, okay, here's the big question. What's your most embarrassing poop story? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I have several of those before I have a recollection of them. And hopefully I was wearing a diaper and all that. Uh, there's one specifically. Well, that, there's one you re- would remember. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not going to get into gory detail, and I don't want you to. Okay. But uh, I don't. Uh, I don't think we can tell the story without. Well, going into detail. Well, we can tell it in a way that people understand, but we're not getting into okay. the graphics. Uh, we were out for a drive during a camping weekend. We were camping at uh, Eskimanak Beach, Skumanac, yeah. Provincial Park, and. Uh, we were out for a drive. We drove down into Miramichi and up around St. Margaret's. I wanted to see some gravestones of my ancestors because I was into that even then. And on the way back to the campground, we decided to go along the uh, the number 117, which takes us through Black River and Bay St. Anne. And when we got to Bay St. Anne, I suddenly realized that um, I needed to <laughs> report to uh, the nearest facility. And it, <laughs> But the nearest facility was not available. And not nowhere close. Because there was no way I could drive fast enough to get to the nearest facility before my reporting time yeah, arrived. It was an emergency report. It was an emergency report. So I do recall having to pull over in the side of the road on a little stretch of fairly deserted road prior to getting into Bay St. Anne. And I do remember ordering quite strongly that uh, your mother uh, get as many napkins and things out of the glove compartment as possible. And... Uh, I made nature my home, so that's all I'm going to say. Uh, can I tell the rest? Well, I guess you're going to. It's your show, but I'm not um, crazy about it. Basically, uh, I had a friend, Travis, with me. Uh, I think, he, well, most of you, if not all of you guys, won't know who that is, but he actually joined us for a, a very early post-to-post podcast, like podcast number two or three, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, you came... You had shorts on, and you came uh, back walking to the vehicle, and I noticed that there were some <laughs> remnants. Next question, please. Remnants on your, well, you wait till you hear my story. Don't worry, mine's much more embarrassing. There were some remnants on your shorts, and uh, I, I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> well, who is? Who's, Who's good at that? <laughs> There's actually a book. I'm sure there There's is. There's a book, a paperback book, how to... You know, in the know. woods, there's a book. Should have read it. I hadn't read the book. <laughs> That's why. At the time, yeah. Yeah, so there were some remnants on the shorts. Oh, God. And I tried to warn you as you got back into the vehicle. I don't, rem- I don't remember this part. Really? I don't. I really don't. And they're on the front. Oh, my. And, uh, on the front? How can that happen? I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. And you got back into the vehicle. And after, because like, you didn't believe me, you thought I was joking, just to be funny. And I'm like, no. Dad, you actually have no, something on your shorts. No. And then you looked down and saw it. And no. mom lost her mind. She was laughing so hard. And she was, you were trying to get her to give get you napkins. So you were saying, I can't say it because I can't swear, but you basically you were saying, Jeepers, Jan- Janice, get me some napkins. Get me some napkins. And mom was trying to get in the glove compartment, trying to get napkins. And she was laughing her head out, crying, laughing. <laughs> She couldn't get them. <laughs> that's basically that's basically the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, just a word to the wise. The you know I'm I'm a fairly stable person, but it may strike. It will strike. 
It will strike. It will strike. Everybody. Absolutely. So everyone will probably already has one of these stories mm, and, or will. And if you don't, look out. You're going to. Yeah. It's going to hit you. Be prepared. Lightning will strike. Read the book. Read the book <laughs> because you may need the woods. Yeah. Ironically, my story also involves the woods. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do uh, tell. I was around the age of 12 or 13 and we, I kind of grew I didn't technically grow up on a farm, but I basically grew up on a farm. Our next door neighbors were farmers, and one of the activities that we would do in the summer was fill the barn with hay for the winter to sell and feed the horses and, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So we would, um, my job that specific day was to go to the field with another uh, kid, and we were in the cab with the driver of the tractor, and then there was a trailer on the back, so we went to the field um, she did all the machinery work she was doing, collecting the hay and bailing it and putting it in the back of, of the trailer. So we had about an hour to kill. So we were kids. We explored and, uh, walked around the, the, the woods just outside the field. And uh, I was like, man, I, <laughs> I'm in a bad place right now. You had one on deck. Yeah. Because I, I grew up in a small town and even when you're in the town, it's, you're still not really that close to things where you need, if you needed to do that, you could go somewhere to do that. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even close to the town. I was out in the middle of a field somewhere in the, you know, next to the woods. So I was in the woods and I, I, I felt something and I, but it didn't feel like dangerous. <laughs> so I, I expelled some, some gas and uh, it, it turns out that it wasn't, air and instead it was a very a very liquid matter and there's a saying among old people you know never trust, never trust a fart never exactly trust a and fart. i trusted i trusted one yeah. and uh so i had my like work jeans on and stuff so there's like holes in them and stuff and it was it was so liquidy that i remember looking down like by my knee where there was a big hole and i could see it dripping down my leg and uh, I knew I was in severe trouble at that point. <laughs> so I had to scrounge the forest for as many potential leaves as I could to uh, help remedy this the situation. And uh, so that happened. Did the best I could. And then we ended up going back over to the field to get back into the cab. And the person, the other boy that I was with, told... Uh, the girl, the adult who was driving the tractor and doing all the stuff, um, he, Neil kind of had a bit of an accident there. I'm not real sure if you want him in the cab of the tractor because it was, it was about a 20 minute drive back to the farm. And what time of the year was this? Dead summer. Pretty hot. Oh, day. it was so hot. Yeah, it, was so, it was so hot. <laughs> so the we decided that we would illegally stay in the back of the trailer and make uh, a little fortress out of the hay where no one no cops could see us or anything not that they'd probably care anyway but mm -hmm. uh so i had to ride in the back of the trailer all the way back to the farm because i smelled too bad to sit in the cab of the tractor <laughs> and anyway we got back and the first thing that the person i was with did was tell all of the other uh teenagers and boys and workers and stuff there what had happened so of course they made fun of me and i had to do the walk of shame back home <laughs> to uh fix continue fixing the situation oh and, my god uh, so that was my that's my most embarrassing 
mm-hmm. true story. And really, my, luckily, my only one. So. Well, stories like that that come out when you're a kid are less embarrassing. That's true. Than, than when you're a grown ass adult. That's true. And uh, should know better mm. or have better planning. So anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least that's out of the way, that question. <laughs> what is the funniest name you've heard in real life? I, I have one if you want me to go first. If you want yeah, to no, go ahead. Go, go first. And I just heard this the other day. Dick Pole. He's a baseball player. Used to be a baseball player in the MLB for the Red Sox, I think. I saw it in a Good Mythical Morning video. His name was Dick Pole. There's a race car driver in NASCAR. Uh, he was retired long ago, but uh, his name was Dick Trickle. Oh, yeah, Dick Trickle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's and funny because I know that name, and I mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even thought that that's yeah. kind of a naughty name, but yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be naughty or just... not. I mean, not naughty. It could be funny. Yeah. There's some funny trivia names that sometimes I use when I go to oh, yeah. trivia. Well, the 1956 uh, Democratic Convention, um, John F. Kennedy tried to run for president and lost uh, to Estes Kefauver. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> wow. Yeah, would you like some Estes in your Kefauver? <laughs> um, yeah, right. there, there's lots of interesting names out there. There definitely is, yeah. Yeah. What is the sexiest and least sexy name? I guess you'd have to choose a female name unless you're into dudes, but... Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'll be picking on the female side. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong, you know. Sexiest. Well, there's sexy <clears throat> skanky, and then there's sexy credible, right? Like, sec- like, a, like a typical stripper name? Exactly. Like... <sighs> like... Uh, Stripper names not included is what I'm saying, right? Like, okay, so like a regular name like Amber, yeah, which would be a normal name, absolutely. But then you trailer park it or, or skankify it a little bit, and it'll be like Amberella or something. Or no, no, what I, do you mean? I not quite. Well, um, I shouldn't have picked that name. I know there's someone watching by the name Amber. Well, so. I, I work with a gal named Amber, and I, I don't think Amber is a name like that. Amber is a very lovely name. Oh, it's a lovely name, but uh, like. Destiny or uh, something okay. like that. Like, and there are people probably named Destiny. I'm sorry, uh, but I would not name my child something that uh, would have an occupation built into it. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to nickname or name my kid, you know, Carpenter Johnson or something because I don't <laughs> want him to be a carpenter. If you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I, ladies have many lovely names, and uh, what is the most unattractive? name i think hilda 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 i don't mind that one yeah hilda bertha bertha bertha's not uh not yeah real. bertha uh, yeah. yeah bertha yeah i agree with that bertha. yeah but, but but hilda i don't know just hilda almost has a witch-like connotation to it you know mm, i like i like hilda do you really yeah it, it reminds me of hila okay and so yeah uh, no hila's nice and uh, what about uh esther esther's well i don't fun. mind esther i uh we had a lady who lived downstairs from us when I was a kid, and her name was Esther. And she was, to our mind at that time, an old lady. And this was in Montreal. And she was the sweetest old lady. And <coughs> I just pictured Esther was an old lady's name. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I told you that, certainly didn't tell you the story on, on this channel, but uh, back in 1993, when my brother and I were up to Montreal for the Grand Prix race, and we ended up being also up there for the Stanley Cup parade, and that was only by accident, we decided to go to our old neighborhood, mm-hmm. and it had been 
uh, 18 years since we had lived, no, sorry, it had been 22 years since we had lived in that uh, old apartment. And we walked to the backyard with a big VHS camera and out onto her step came Esther. <clears throat> and she looked out. Now, when we left, I was 11 and my brother was seven. Mm. She came out and I'm now 33 and he's 30. And she says, uh, Oh, look, it's the Taylor boys. <laughs> she actually knew us from a distance. Wow. Fascinating lady. And uh, we, so we approached and had a lovely conversation with her. Her name was Esther Ahern. And she is now, uh, she long, long ago passed away, but I didn't know at the time, but now I do know. She was from Prince Edward Island and she's buried near Alberton. Really? Up west, yeah. So I do want to go out and visit Esther's grave sometime mm. and just say hi. That's interesting. She was a sweet lady. But I always thought of Esther as an old lady's name. Now, when I was uh, teaching at Atlantic Business College, one of the young ladies who was our, uh, one of our students, her first name was Esther. And she was absolutely beautiful, just a lovely girl. Mm -hmm. And I had, my mind was a bit torn there. It's like, Esther's not a name for a cute girl, but it's, it is, it's her name, mm -hmm. and she's cute. And, Changed uh, it for you. Yeah, it sure, certainly did. She was from, I think, around... Uh, Perth Andover, up the St. John River Valley. Her last name was, was Danish or okay. Scandinavian. So it's probably a more common name in certain cultures. But her name was Esther. And uh, I won't say her last name and embarrass her if she's ever, ever <laughs> hears this or people who know her hear it. But I thought she was a beautiful girl. And her name was Esther. And that cured me of the Esther uh, yeah. uh, Esther uh, old lady thing, mm. for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. mind the, the name Esther yeah. at all. Yeah, I'm definitely okay with it now because she, uh, mm. she changed my mind on Esther. Bertha... Bertha. It's like a sl it's, Bertha is a slang term for like a cow, or well, there's big like, Bertha, right? There's a like a, some old artillery gun or something. Was, yeah, we had a, we had a two inch nozzle at, in the fire department when I was a fireman. It was a big brass nozzle, and you it actually was a two and a half inch on like on the end that you screwed on the hose. Mm -hmm. We could screw it onto a hose, okay, but you'd never be able to hold it because the pressure coming out it was tapered mm. into a cone. And it maybe had a one inch or even three quarter inch outlet. And the amount of water pressure coming out that hose, it was just impossible for even three guys to hang onto that hose. Wow. So what we would do just to make sure that we could still work it and, and get that kind of pressure out of the truck is we would take the nozzle and put it right on the side of the truck. Ah. So we wouldn't put a hose on the truck. We would go right to the two and a half inch outlet, put the nozzle on and prime the pump and, and, and hit that valve and watch it go. And the water would go straight out from the side of the truck for a long time before it would fall. Then for fun, we would jump in front of it <laughs> with our fire gear on to see how long <laughs> we could stay in front of it. And it just knocked you right over like wow. a bowling pin. We, that that uh, nozzle had a nickname and we called it Big Bertha. Big Bertha. <laughs> mm, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. What is something that is really popular now but in five years, everyone will look back on and be embarrassed. Wow. There's probably certain songs or types of music that might fall into that category, but I don't know enough about today's music to come up with a mm -hmm. particular thing. Um, that That's interesting. I'm thinking of something like, this has already come and gone, so I can't even answer this, but a fidget spinner. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is for whatever reason, was really popular when it came out. And now it's like if you have a fidget spinner, you're, mm, you're kind of not, not, not that you're not cool, but you're, you shouldn't have that anymore because yeah. it's come and gone kind of thing. Yeah. Or 
I, I honestly, I, I'd have to do some thinking. Yeah. There. Yeah. It's a very good question. Yeah, very good question. And there certainly are things that uh, uh, we think are the cat's meow right now, but in five years they will be obsolete or uncool, totally mm. uncool. There's a bit of a beard culture going on in the past, I'd say like five to six years. Do you think that'll come and go like most facial hair styles? Oh, yeah, do? probably. Do you think mustaches will, will ever come back? I hope not. Not I, by themselves. I don't think they will because they've got a bit of a predatorial feel <laughs> yeah. to them, I think. Well, they keep comparing. It's funny. A lot of people I see <clears throat> commenting on other people's mustaches, especially in November when they're growing the mustache on purpose to raise money for prostate cancer. Mm. You get this, you know, you look like a 70s porn star. Most of the people who say that weren't even alive in the 70s, <laughs> yeah. let alone watching porn. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> I don't know how, where they get that from, but it's just, it's become a, a meme, I guess, in yeah, a way. Yeah, you're right. The, uh, the other thing that, that I thought would have gone long ago is this upticking little spike thing that some people, some guys have in their hair. Like in the front, they have this tuft that goes straight up mm -hmm. and it just kind of sticks up like it's a mess, but it's not, it's on purpose. Like I'm not talking about the little mohawk or whatever, it's just... Like in the front, they just have this, the hair kind of goes out like this. Oh, mine, mine did that. Yeah, but will it do it in five years? What, will you have any in five years? Oh, I'll have lots of hair. I'm not you. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you're, you got some DNA. <laughs> it's going to catch up with you. Like, but <clears throat> I didn't like, mine kind of went up like all the way mm -hmm. back a bit. Yeah. I don't, uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, so it'll probably be a, a, a hairstyle or a facial hairstyle, something like that among guys. Interesting. Yeah. Um, if animals could talk, who would be the rudest? I think it has to be cats. Oh, it's gotta be cats. It's definitely cats. Cats would be totally rude. They yeah. would bust your nuts all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get out of my way. <laughs> get out of my way. I'm eating there. Yeah. Yeah, get off my couch. They would sigh all the time. Oh yeah. <sighs> yeah, you again. Yeah. Now, get over here and scratch me. Exactly. Yeah, before I give up on you. Um, what is the weirdest thing you've ever seen in someone else's home? <laughs> um, I actually have an answer for that. I do too. <clears throat> I can't say whose home it's in either. Well, I can't either. There was a friend of mine when I was in, I guess, grade 12. He was a year older than me. We, we hung around the same crowd. He and I weren't really, really tight, but we were close enough, and he was a good guy. He was one year older than I was, so he was, back then you had a hierarchy, right? Mm -hmm. And I went to visit him at his place one time just to, you know, see his record collection or something. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in the living room was a 105 millimeter artillery shell sitting on its butt, mm -hmm. kind of pointing up. Looks like, you know, there's a, the plant, there's a coffee table, there's a shell, yeah. there's a box of records, there's whatever. And like, where did that come from? That's awesome. And his father was uh, a Royal Canadian Mounted Policeman. And I think maybe prior to that had been in the military. And he had come across it. I think it was safe. Mm -hmm. It wasn't still an active you right, know, right, right. Uh, piece of ordinance. But it was an interesting conversation piece for sure. Like, what's it doing here? Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was probably the weirdest thing I've seen in someone's home. Mm. What's yours? Um, I, I was visiting... This wasn't very long ago. This was in the past five years. Uh, I was in someone's home and they were older and they uh, had a, a very large book collection. Like their living was almost a library. They had a, a ton of bookshelves. Cool. Um, it, was, it was cool. And as I was entering the room to go sit down on the couch, I looked to my left at the bookshelf and I was just 
just looking at the names of the books really briefly as I walked by. And one of the names, <laughs> I couldn't help, but like, I almost lost it. Like I almost lost it. And it was a very respectful person. Like there's no way that I could have, number one, brought it up or B, even laughed about it even in the slightest. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the entire name of the book, but it started with anal leakage. <laughs> and I, like, I don't know what the purpose of the book was about, but it was very awkward. Maybe it's the prequel book to How to In the Woods. Maybe. <clears throat> it, could, it could be. It was the strangest damn thing I've ever seen. And I, there's no way I could ever ask that person about it or... Was it even real? Did they put it there as a joke for people maybe, to look at? And I did. I like, I wasn't sure if it was like you were being tested. I know dogs. <clears throat> dogs sometimes have some problems back okay. there. I don't know if it was like a medical book on how to treat your dog's butt problems or if it was a human problem. They were old, so might have been for them. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask. I just know what I saw. <laughs> so. I can't wait till the show's over and you can tell me where you were. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. A couple questions left. Uh, what part of a kid's movie has scared you? And I don't know if that's, if they mean as an adult or as a kid. Because right now you've just watched Stranger Things, which I kind of feel is considered a kid's show in a way. Mm -hmm. But you are scared. Oh, I, senseless. I, don't, I don't know what it is about that damn show. <laughs> But every time that thing goes across the screen, just even for a second, I'm, I just, my skin crawls. Yeah. It, it is the weirdest damn thing. And I'm, I'm a grown ass man. And I, <laughs> the other thing, um, now this, I don't, I don't recall ever seeing a kid's movie that scared me or any part of a kid's movie that scared me. Mm -hmm. I was, unless you want to go to the Wizard of Oz, the movie made, I think in 1939, mm -hmm. but it was on TV forever. Uh, I thought that when the Wicked Witch of the East was crushed underneath the, the house and all you could see was your boots sticking out or whatever it was, mm -hmm. I, I thought that was a horrific sight. Wow. Horrific. Interesting. But I didn't run away. You right. Know, mommy, mommy. <clears throat> um, yeah. I had a conversation with someone the other day uh, and they thought that this specific character that I'm about to name was very cute. It scared me senseless. Like I, it, I'm talking about E.T., Oh, yeah. The, the weird, really? Yeah, he was so, like, he was real creepy. I thought he was so creepy. I didn't I didn't get the appeal of that movie whatsoever. Is that right? It terrified me. Now, this brings up a question, and we've had this conversation, but I forget your answer. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You've not seen that, have you? No, I don't think so. You've got to see that movie. And it's not really related to the question topic, but E.T. and Close Encounters are similar generational movies. Mm. It's a fantastic movie, and you're going to need to see it. Yeah, I'll do that. All right. Another thing I was thinking of is Ernest. There's an Ernest movie where there's tro trolls and stuff in the woods, and they were real ugly. They scared me, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all I got. Okay. <clears throat> this is a good one. This is a very good one, actually. All right. If you were arrested with no explanation... What would your friends and family assume you had done? So, that's, I, I already, tell me more. I already know mine. So, in other words, I vanished and everyone knows I've been arrested, but they don't know why and exactly. now they have to guess. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Can I say mine? Just yes, give you please. some more time to think. Please rescue me. Say yours. Um, I, 
I am almost certain mine would be road rage. Like I, 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 <laughs> there's been times where, uh, I, I admittedly have road rage as do you, I guess I inherited that gene. Uh, so I would assume that if I got arrested, it would definitely be, or I would assume that people would think that it was due to road rage if you've driven with me. <laughs> <laughs> I think in my case, I think the safest assumption would be that I've been wrongly arrested, ah. wrongly arrested for, uh, spying. Spying? Spying or something. Because when I'm out in the lawn with my antennas ah. and I'm pointing them Oftentimes the satellites that I try to use to talk to other people thousands of miles away are fairly low in the sky. Yeah. So they just would be cruising along the top of other people's houses. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I'm standing there with my headphones on and, <laughs> and wired all up and I'm pointing this antenna. As someone was looking out their window in the house across the street, they think I'm pointing the antenna right at their what house. What the hell is that guy doing? There have been cases where there was one guy, this is only a couple of weeks ago, uh, he wanted to operate from a, a particular location because it had two grid square boundaries mm -hmm. th that touched each other. So he could stand in one spot and actually give out two credits uh, for his operating. And a state trooper saw him parked there with all of his stuff and came over and asked him what the heck was going on. And he, of course, he's, he's only got this 11-minute satellite pass, yeah. and after the second minute, and he's starting to work people, the state trooper comes along, and you can't just tell the guy to wait, right? He's a he's a cop. So you got to put your stuff down, and only when he brought out his ham radio license, he actually had a copy of it on him, mm -hmm. good good thing to have, and he had a couple of magazines, you know, of, of other people doing the same thing, but the cop was very agitated at first. He was really cranked up. He had that whole police authority thing going wow. at first, and it took quite a while to calm him down. And but interestingly, after a you know the pass was over, but they were still talking. The guy totally missed out on the pass. But after about half an hour, he had the cop convinced that ham radio was pretty cool, and the cop said, uh, "I wouldn't mind getting my license. That's that's pretty cool." But it took wow. a while to step him down. Like he was really cranked up. That's interesting. Yeah. Did so you, did you hear about the photographer that was shot by the cop because the cop thought he had a shotgun, but it was just a tripod? Uh, recently? recently? Like, yeah, like last week or the week before or something. Like yeah, I, I guess I can't say I have. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what set of items could you buy that would make the cashier the most uncomfortable? <laughs> 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 oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> In fact, it sounds like something I'd want to try. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to show up at the uh, <clears throat> cash register of a drugstore. Oh, definitely. Uh, that's obviously where I go because that's where you get the coolest stuff, right? So I'd probably have a pack of condoms, well, maybe, can, maybe an enema kit. You can buy this stuff at Sobeys with groceries and stuff. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. A, or a superstore because they've got like clothes and yeah. all, all kinds of stuff. And get there. one of those like fleet enema kits that people <laughs> use to cleanse their colon out with, right? So have one of those, maybe some extra long rubber tube, you know, <laughs> and maybe... Uh, some wire cutters, you know, just. <laughs> and you know those decorative giant spoons you can get? They're like huge. <laughs> like you're like, the head on it is like this big. Uh, like one of those. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like completely random stuff. That would be hilarious. And a fern. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. You just show up with this random stuff. Just but, random but stuff. But it would have to be something that the cashier would think, well, the only way these things all go together is in some twisted bedroom scene, like some kind of Fifty Shades of Weirdo, yeah, you know, going something. on there. Yeah, that, that'd be actually a lot yeah. of fun. I'd like to do that with a body cam <laughs> on or something just to get the reaction. Total random stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, okay, this is a very serious question. Oh, okay. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. I completely agree. Ooh, yes. A hot right. dog's a hot dog. That's why it's called a hot dog. That's right. You don't say, I'm going to go have a peanut butter and jelly mm. for peanut butter and jam, whatever you're into. You say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go have a peanut butter and jam sandwich. Yeah. I would, uh, if I had to choose whether a hot dog or a hamburger, if one of the two would be a sandwich, I'd have to say a hamburger could be considered a sandwich because you hold it in your hand, bread on both sides mm -hmm. and meat in the middle. Uh, but a hot dog is longitudinal. It's not... Uh, longitudinal. Long, longitudinal. Uh, and, and a hamburger, if you're in a, uh, a restaurant, you look at the menu, often under the sandwiches menu, you'll mm -hmm. find a hamburger. And if anyone puts a hot dog in the sandwiches menu, well, they should just be shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I agree. A hot dog's a hot dog. It's its own thing. That's right. Definitely. Totally. If anything, it could be a miniature sub more mm -hmm. than a sandwich. Yeah, see, but then I guess a sub is longitudinal as well, but we're quite happy to call that a sandwich, That's aren't true. we? That's true. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to have to revise my reasoning, but I'm not changing my answer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I agree. Uh, all right. What is the weirdest thing a guest has done in your house? Um, I have one. Okay. When, I, when I was younger, I had a friend over who uh, slept or used to sleepwalk. Oh, and, I remember uh, this. I know who it was. I don't remember this because I was told afterwards, but he got up and was sleepwalking, left the room, went to the left of the room kind of in a where we kept the kitty litter and he peed in the kitty litter and then went back to sleep. Yeah. He came out of your bedroom and if you turn right, you go down the stairs to where the bathroom was. If you turn left, you're facing the kitty litter. And he, I think he was still half asleep and yeah. he turned left, which is maybe the way he turns when he's home. And, and when he got to the, the end of the line, which was where he was, uh, yeah. away he went. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that's that's the weirdest thing someone's done. Yeah. I don't know if I have nearly as good a story. Well, I guess I could say I do because that actually happened in my house. That's true. <laughs> you have so the same story. <laughs> have the same story. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, okay. Where's the strangest place you've you've ever urinated? Um, I know right away. Okay. In on the ditch of the road in a subdivision in broad daylight at like five o'clock in the afternoon. Really? <clears throat> I had a, I had a political event to go to. Uh, I was in university at the time, but uh, there's a local candidate had an event, some kind of a announcement to make. And it was at a, the Wandlin hotel at the time, which is now a Howard Johnson's, I mm -hmm. think in Fredericton. And the entire second floor was set up, or at least that end of the hotel was set up as a big boardroom or a, a place. So we were all there. Uh, I ended up going there, I guess getting a lift with somebody from the university and we were doing our thing, being in the crowd, supporting that. There was some beverages available, including some, uh, brewed beverages, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I was legal age, so this isn't uh, weird, but I had maybe three, uh, brews over the course of an hour. And I'm not much of a, of a drinker. Still, still aren't, still am not. And, uh, so I managed to catch a ride home with a buddy of mine's father. Uh, buddy of mine, his name was Kirk. His dad's name was Jim. They were both friends of mine and, and actually Jim and my dad were acquainted as well. So I was going home with Jim. We were going through the north side of Fredericton and this was before they had built the Westmoreland street bridge, which opened in 1981 and it has four lanes, two lanes going each way. And even mm. at that nowadays, it does get backed up in rush hour. 
So here we were at 5 o'clock trying to get across the previous bridge, which was the Carlton Street Bridge, which was a small, narrow steel bridge that only had two lanes. And what they would do is actually shut traffic off coming into downtown to let two lanes of traffic go side by side on the way out. And they would do the opposite in the morning. Hmm. And Sunset Drive in Fredericton on the north side was just a total gridlock all the time. And I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought to go tinky before we left the Wandlin. So here I am after having three beers pretty quickly, and I'm sitting in Jim's car, and we were still probably 20 minutes from getting to where I had to go, which was up the top of McLeod Hill Road, which was houses all around, everywhere. A field across the street, but all along the side where my uncle lived, where I was staying and going to university at the time. We finally got up there, and I was... It's the worst agony I've ever been in mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, number one. And the minute I stepped out of Jim's car, I dropped my book bag, <laughs> and there I was. Wow. And there was traffic going by, everything. <laughs> and I was just standing there in the, basically in the front lawn. It was a little bit of a ditch. Dang. And I, and I was, because I couldn't, didn't even have time to get in the house. Wow. There's no way I would have gotten in the house. I almost. You almost died. I almost died. <laughs> Interesting. So that's uh, that's it. Mine probably would have been in uh, a bottle on the way to Florida yeah. when I was a kid. I remember trying to get you into the, the mode to do that because you were a shy kid, but I kept telling you that this was how the astronauts did it, yeah. and, and you were going to have to learn to do it this way <laughs> if you ever wanted to be an astronaut. So yeah, <laughs> it, um, worked. it worked. Okay, here's the last question. If you were wrongfully put into an insane asylum, how would you convince them that you're not crazy? Um, well, knowing a little bit about psychology um, and, psych you know, a little bit about psychiatry, not that I've been training in it, but I've read reports and I've done a lot of uh, legal findings based on medical reports from psychologists and psychiatrists. I know about the testing that they do. I know how they score things. Frankly, I, I don't see that as a, as a likely scenario. I think just being myself, right. if I was wrongly committed in some way, I think just acting as myself for a day or two, they'd say, yeah, this guy doesn't belong here. Yeah, just be normal. Just be normal. That's that's what I would do. Have normal conversations and yeah, that's it. That's, that, that's what I would an, do. It's an, it's an easy answer kind of in, in a way. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the questions for this uh, podcast. <sighs> um, that, was, that was fun. Yeah. It's been an hour. Does it feel like it's been an hour? No. No, so yeah. like about 20 minutes. Uh, thank you guys so much for your questions. I really appreciate it. If you want to leave any questions down below in the comment section on YouTube, that would be awesome because that's where all these questions came from. Mm -hmm. um, so please leave your questions for a future podcast or future having a yaks uh, down below. And uh, if you like this podcast, please hit the like button on, on YouTube. And if you're new, I hope you can hit the subscribe button because we release this podcast mm -hmm. on this channel every second weekend. And they don't have to be questions necessarily. They could just be requests to talk about something. That's true. Right? It could be, uh, yeah, it could be topics about anything. It doesn't yeah. have to be uh, a question, like you said. Yeah. Talk about whatever. <laughs> the last Railways. Time. Yeah, really. Yeah. Something. Whatever. Talk about trains. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So if you're listening to this on iTunes or... Or Google Play, you can submit your questions over on our YouTube channel, the More Posted Post channel, and that would be awesome. So thanks, guys, for, for watching and listening. I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys are having a good day, and I hope you guys are excited for the playoffs, NHL playoffs. Starting this week. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you next time. Adios.